This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome back. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. And as usual, in studio with me this morning, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, it's uh, good to see you again. It's happy to be back. And uh, just to keep our listeners up to date, you're wearing your Toronto Maple Leaf cap this morning. Camp starts in a couple of weeks. Camp starts in a couple of weeks. Anyways, uh, I'm back. I've been away on my European sojourn. And uh, the one thing I learned in uh, three weeks in Europe is that Czechs love beer, but they love hockey even more. Uh, it's a fascinating time talking hockey with the people in the Czech Republic, and uh, they are certainly looking forward to the. Uh, they seem to be talking about the World Cup of hockey more more so than uh, more so than North Americans are at this point. Anyways, I want to let our listeners know we've got a tremendous show coming up at nine fifteen this morning. We'll be talking to the legend Pat Whitey Stapleton, of course. Uh, Pat Stapleton, former Chicago Blackhawk, but we're going to be talking to him about something that's happening this month across Canada, starting on a date that uh, is infamous in Canadian sports history, which is September the 2nd. Not as infamous as September the 28th, (laughs) but September the 2nd, there's an event that's starting in Montreal and it's going to go across the country and it's going to head to... It's going to head to uh, Winnipeg, and it's going to head to Vancouver, and it's coming to Toronto on September the 10th at the Sony Centre. It's, uh, it's a Team Canada 1972 reunion tour. Uh, it's a fascinating event that's being put on. Uh, it's at the Sony Centre. You can buy tickets. Um, uh, some of the infamous members from that team will be taking part. You'll be able to get up close and personal and we'll be chatting about that at 9.15 with Pat Stapleton. Certainly looking forward to that. I know Naz... Uh, Pat Stapleton, Bill White. Remember those two? Oh, uh, they were... Fantastic. What a fantastic defense pair for the Chicago Blackhawks and a fantastic defense pair for Team Canada 1972. And as you and I, we, we chat about that. Uh, you know, it made me go, uh, made me go and listen to, uh, uh, I don't know if listeners know this, but all our pod, all our shows can be found at zoomerradio.ca. All of our podcasts are there. Uh, on September 28, 2014, we did a show with Paul Henderson and Phil Esposito. And um, it was fascinating talking to Paul. And uh, Paul, we hope you're well. Uh, and talking to Phil Esposito about the 72 team. And I uh, went back and chatted about that. And uh, I remember you yeah, I remember you saying on that show, Naz, that every time you listen to that Foster Hewitt call, it gives chills up your spine. Uh, sure does. I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of the listeners too. So I'm certainly looking forward to this uh, 1972 uh, reunion tour, this series. It's going to be at the Sony Centre in Toronto. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great event. And we'll be chatting about it with Pat Stapleton at 9.15. And uh, in the middle of the hour... 
return, uh, repeat performance to the Nazawali Sports Hour. Of course, the hot topic in uh, been uh, following the Jays a bit from uh, from the other side of the pond. Naz, you're going to have to bring me up to speed. Uh, first, they're in first place. In first, they were in first place when I left, so I'm happy to see they're in first place when I when I got when I got they're back. Gonna, they're going to stay there too. Anyways, we'll be talking in the middle of the hour with the gentleman that we call the Godfather of Sports Radio. That is, of course, the iconic, the infamous, the legend Eddie Andelman, who uh, uh, host of the uh, uh, the great sports huddle from the from Boston, and he. Uh, in a, certain, in a certain sense, I wouldn't say he invented the genre of sports talk radio, but he certainly, with, uh, with a couple of other gentlemen, took sports radio to a completely different level in Boston. And he's a professional wrestling expert, too. <laughs> so Back we, in the old days, Dick so the he, Bulldog Brower. Uh, Baron Miguel Cicluna, I was chatting with, with Eddie yesterday, but certainly we're going to talk to Eddie, and uh, we want to get the Boston perspective, the Boston Red Sox perspective on this pennant race between the Jays and the Red Sox, which is heating up. It's a Jays are one game ahead, and uh, it looks like it's going to go down to the wire. Naz, uh, bring me up to speed. How's uh, I found out uh, on the Internet. I'd try and, keep, uh, try and keep in touch as much as I could, uh, but apparently the Jays are running a six-man rotation, and... Uh, Seen some of your postings, and uh, you're not too happy about that. And uh, no. when when are we when are we going to see the end of this? Well, it has ended rotation? because Sanchez uh, was sent down to single A, so they are in a five man rotation now. And I don't see it changing. I I, th- I think the, the move they have to make is to put Liriano, the left hander, in the bullpen because I think he can be helpful. Cecil's been absolutely awful. Uh, Loop is not the answer, so they really don't have a, a left hander coming out of the pen. And he would probably fit the uh, bill for the rest of this season, anyway. Uh, certainly, uh, more more uh, more to chat about with any Andelman. We'll we'll pick up that uh, that Jays Red Sox pennant race at the middle middle of the hour. We'll be talking to Eddie, who's down in Boston. And before we go to break, I just want to bring uh, something up. My observations from uh, um, from uh, from uh, from my vacation, and I actually watched. I did just a quick comment on the Olympics. Uh, actually watched the Canada Germany uh, game, uh, the women's soccer. Yeah, that was a, the one game they did not play well. Yeah, they didn't play well, but the, a couple of breaks in that game could yeah. have got the other way. And uh, so actually watching it with a couple of quaffing back a few uh, few pops, as Don Cherry says, in in a in a, with, with some Germans watching that game. And um, I can only tell you the incredible respect. Um, the the soccer fans over there, the people that are that watch women's soccer over there, the incredible respect they have for Christine Sinclair. Uh, she is certainly a household. If you're if you're into soccer worldwide and you're into women's soccer, she's a household name around the world, and uh, certainly in in the minds of a lot of soccer fans, the utmost respect. One of the greatest women's soccer players of all time, and uh, in my opinion. Uh, if not the greatest ath- Canadian athlete of this generation, uh, certainly has to be top three. And in and you want to talk about one of the greatest Cana- Canadian athletes of all time, uh, Christine Sinclair is in that discussion. She Absolutely. really is. Um, so certainly an incredible result. Uh, was wearing my maple leaf with tremendous pride watching the Canadian women play over there. 
and uh, my my uh, along with Andre DeGrasse and Penny and uh, all the other fantastic and Drew and all the other fantastic Canadian athletes, it was certainly uh, nice, uh, you know, wearing uh, being a proud Canadian, watching some of our great athletes. Uh, anyways, so we're going to go to break, and when we come back to break, talking about some other great Canadian teams, we're going to be talking to Pat Stapleton about the Canada's greatest sports team of the 20th century. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And once again, if you're listening in downtown Toronto and the condo towers are affecting your reception, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the uh, legendary hockey player for the Chicago uh, Blackhawks and also the reason we have him on the show today also a member of Team Canada 72. Of course, we're talking about Pat Whitey Stapleton. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I happen to be perfect because I'm in your life. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pleasure having you with us. And uh, uh, cutting to the chase, Pat, uh, 
obviously uh, Team Canada 1972 is uh, about to embark on a on a cross country tour, revisiting some of the, uh, of course, the places that you played in that infamous September of 1972, a month that will go down in Canadian sporting history. Uh, of course, you're going to be attending in Montreal. There's events in Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, and the one that uh, we want to promote a little bit, the one in Toronto at the Sony Centre on September 10th. Uh, Pat, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the, the tour, how it came about, and uh, what uh, there are tickets available. We're going to tell our listeners about uh, where, they can, where they can buy tickets and what they can expect. Certainly. Um, I think the biggest part of the tour will be uh, listening to some of the stories that went on uh, not only in Canada, but into Russia. It was a new experience for everybody. And um, it's sort of hilarious when you get together with them and they start talking about their own personal experience. But one of the biggest takeaways uh, from the show might be the fact that Harry Sinden is in all four cities and he can talk to the fact of how do you bring a team together in 27 days that come from 10 NHL cultures. Um, it's kind of amazing. It hasn't been talked about, but um, in discussing with Harry, like it was, um, you had guys that competed hard against themselves on a regular season basis, and then to bring them together that quick, it's sort of an amazing feat. It really is, and I, I think. That's one of the things that the people get an insight into, his and John Ferguson's ability to, to get this group to work as one. Pat, uh, going back to the 72 series, you had two players that couldn't play, one for, for an injury for reasons of injury and the other because of the NHL-WHA thing with Bobby Hall. How would they have affected the outcome, the outcome of the series even you more know, with Bobby sure. Orr and Hall? It's hypothetical. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, I don't know how you could evaluate that. I mean, uh, you know, Orr certainly was hurt. I mean, would he help? I certainly think so. Um, and Hull and Cheevers and J.C. Trombley, but that's all behind us, right? Uh, it's hard to answer those kind of questions. Uh, Pat, uh, we all remember September 28th. It's, it's burned and etched in the, me- in the collective memories of an entire generation of Canadians. Uh, but there's another incredible date, which is September 2nd, when uh, we all got a rude awakening. And it was at the Montreal Forum. Uh, I remember that like it was yesterday, just as well as I remember September 28th. In fact, I remember probably every minute of every single one of those games. But I remember September 2nd. And it was a hot, steamy night in the Montreal Forum. And all the pundits had said it's going to be a sweep and all that. And you got off to a quick 2 nothing lead. And then the tables turned. When in that game did you realize this isn't what we thought it was going to be? Uh, I, I think that's part of the stories. I mean, Brad, ta- Brad Park talks about him and Gary Bergman, you know, sitting after the first period, talking to one another and... Um, uh, Bergie said to Brad, what do you think? He said, I think we're in trouble. You know, and again, it, it was a shock to everybody's system. Uh, they were so good. at uh, Their skills were so high. Their passing was so precise. Their conditioning certainly was ahead of ours. And, you know, I guess it was, um, if you look back, you know, they wouldn't have come over here. They wouldn't have brought this to the forefront 
if uh, they didn't think they could compete. So um, in the end, um, was there a loser? I don't think so. I think hockey gained from it. I, I think I've said many times the Russians ran out of time, but, uh, you know, that's the way the, the puck drops. It's so uncertain when it drops. So, uh, you know, it was a wonderful experience, um, one that I can cherish, and I'm sure every player on the team cherishes because it's not many days go by that people don't talk about it. And if you think about the emotional roller coaster that the, the people in Canada went into, our country was built by mainly Europeans. And, you know, if you took away hockey from them, there was this great fear that this Russian machine was going to take over the country. And, and that was the emotional factor in the whole thing. And over 27 days, it had a lot of time to let your emotions rise and fall on certain plays. Uh, we're talking. Uh, the guys, they want to, re- uh, you know, give back to Canada. That's what that's what this whole thing is about. We've sort of been asleep for 40 years, and we've been so honored by Canadians with so many honors that we thought, how do we give back? And this is one of the ways that giving back to Canada is going back and talking to them, the youngsters, the older people who. who saw the the thing firsthand, and just like you said, I think it was Wally who spoke that, you know, it was complete shock after 7-3. People were stunned. We're talking to Pat, uh, Pat Whitey Stapleton, and we're talking about uh, uh, a tour, the Summit Series tour that's going across Canada starting September 2nd in Montreal and coming to Toronto on September 10th at the Sony Centre. And, uh, Pat, uh, the 72 team has uh, unquestionably the greatest sports team in Canada of the 20th century. Uh, There's no issue about that. Uh, It's also, we've talked about, um, and and the part about what happened in the month of September, and it's it's very difficult for the younger generation to understand this, is this this type of series can never happen again because the context that was behind it has completely evaporated, and that was the political context of the Cold War. You know, 10 years before that, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. Five years before that, uh, Soviet tanks rolled into Prague. And I tell you, I was in Prague, I was in Prague last week, and they, they haven't forgotten that, I'll tell you that. Uh, and so there was this entire Cold War context behind all of that, and it certainly played into the emotions. But I want to ask you as a player, did that ever did that ever impact anything that happened on the ice or ever impact your or your team's approach to the hockey? Um, no, I, I'm not sure I can answer for everybody. I can only speak for myself. And, and it did not with myself. I mean, once you go on that ice, you're trained as a professional to stay focused. And there was a lot of times it got out of focus, but you had to recover your focus and get back at it because the one thing about the sport you have to stay focused on that task for that 45 or 50 seconds whatever it is and that's a training that goes through with the players that get to that level um i mean there was a lot of <laughs> i mean you get you want to talk about the eighth game seeing moments in that game and they they responded they responded with staying focused i mean coming out in the third period down two goals the focus was so high and the concentration was so intense that they willed themselves there. There's no question they did. They just took over. And, uh, you know, a lot of things in the series that haven't really been talked about 
I think that we played, uh, somebody said, over one hour or one game shorthanded in the whole series because of the different styles of play. So, you know, take that into factor. And I think we scored one shorthanded goal. Um, you know, there's a lot of that that you can look at that says, holy smokes, this could have undone most teams. But you had some great hockey players and some real skilled guys at what they were doing. And, and um, as I say uh, at the beginning with Harry bringing all these different cultures together, I, I think it will give Canadians an insight into how he did it, which is pretty special, I think. Pat, I need you to clarify something. Do you have the puck for the final when the final buzzer went? I did pick up the puck, yes. <laughs> I did. I, I had it on my stick probably ragging it for the last, I don't know, six or eight seconds. It seemed like an hour. But, you know, when the buzzer went, I had I bent down for whatever reason, stuck it in my glove. Oh, my that God. That was it. And do you still have the puck, Pat? Still have the puck. You have one of... Canada's <laughs> most valuable assets, my friend. I'm going to share with you how I got it out of Russia <laughs> on September 10th. You, you have one of Canada's famous, fam- uh, most, uh, most important uh, historical uh, memorabilia. God bless you. Good for you. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I do show people, and they say, that's not the puck. I said, okay, that's not the puck. <laughs> <laughs> got to ask you, Pat, and we're talking to Pat Stapleton, and we're talking about the Team Canada 1972 Tour, which is coming to Toronto on uh, September 10th at the Sony Centre, and you can buy tickets at Ticketmaster. Um, when did you become a team, Pat? When, wh- at what point in that series? We had, uh, we had f- you know, it's interesting, on September 28, 2014, uh, we had Phil Esposito and Paul Henderson on the same show here and I had occasion yesterday to... Uh, to listen to the podcast from that show, and, and uh, you know, Phil, you know the way Phil is. Uh, he never holds back any punches, and he was quite, uh, quite, uh, um, you know, uh, um, generous with his remarks. But uh, his sense of it was you became a team in Sweden, is, is, is a real, real team, where, where you were all brothers and that type of thing. Is that, is that your sense, too, or did you have a different I, I, feeling? I would agree with that, simply because up until that point, During training camp, some guys lived at home, some were at their cottages. You know, a lot of guys lived in the Toronto area. Some of us lived at the hotel. So you never had that camaraderie where you got on a bus and you went to a game and you come back and you're, you know, sit and talk or um, have a soft drink or whatever you do after the game. But in Sweden, that's all we had is our guys. And, And so they chummed together. They started to realize geez, maybe those guys from Chicago aren't that bad, or the guys from New York. And it started to build with that. And uh, I I do believe that was the coming of the team coming together. And then another thing, guys, um, you know, there was 35 guys on this team. And the practices were very intense because you had a lot of players by that time were looking to get in the lineup and to stay in the lineup. And I credit that. Uh, for our level of, of battle hardness uh, was raised in practice. I mean, let's look at the guys that we practiced against. If you think about it for a second, Marcel Dion ended up being about the third best scorer in the NHL over that 20-year period. Uh, Gilbert Perot, Richard Martin, Dale Talon. Um, and, and then the guys, uh, some of the guys that were in and out, like you competed against Red Barents and uh, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of them, but that raised the battle level. 
we, we were actually playing games in practice because guys were trying to get in the lineup. They, that was the only chance they had to impress. And I, I really feel that 35 guys become a team, which is kind of unique. And that's why I go back to, to Harry explaining that, how he thinks that really happened. Yeah, going back to going back to that, uh, some of the guys went home, but you, uh, we were more critical here than you guys were. Uh, you you guys had no uh, criticism to the players that went back home because it just made it easier for I you guys to work. Uh, right? Uh, uh, starting, I think it was in the sixth game, they decided what the lineup was going to be for the sixth game, and that was it till the end. And so the other players had training camps, and they're thinking, well, maybe I should go home to training camp. You know, it was an individual choice. Nobody really from our side thought much of it. And the other part was our guys did not know what was going on in Canada. We're finding out more and more as we talk to people across the, the country that things were going on in Canada that they were, you know, emotional about. And uh, uh, as I said, the emotions went up and down, which is kind of interesting from our side to find that out. If I can just mention it on your show, I mean, Please. we're doing a book, and we've commissioned John Hewitt to do the final word, which is stories from the 72 series. And if anybody's interested, they can go on to our website, our board of directors, and let us know if they've got a unique story, whether they went to Russia or whether they were in Canada, something unique at that point. And, and you know, your listeners are the right age group that might have some interesting stories for us that we can capture and keep forever. Pat, really quickly, tell our listeners know the uh, the actual website name where they can, where Actually, can they check this out. Actually, the easiest way is to go to Ticketmaster. Okay. But, but if you want the website, it's 72summitseriestour.ca. But Ticketmaster, everybody knows that. Just go there and get them. Thanks so much, Come Pat. Come have some fun. I, I've got to ask you one last question. Certainly. Uh, we've had, uh, I've asked this question of Phil Esposito. I've asked this question of Paul Henderson. I've asked this question of Yvonne Cornway, uh, and this question will be asked of every single player of this team forever. It was 5-3 at the end of the second period in Moscow. There was 20 minutes left. What happened in that dressing room between the second and the third period? From my recollection, not a lot. What I remember most was they were talking about who had the next shot. We need the next shot, and there was the next shot. And uh, some, somebody piped up and said, I got it, and, you know, that kind of stuff amongst the team. But it was not down. It was all up. I mean, they were going for it. And, and they went for it, and that's what happened. Uh, so it was a, a pretty neat experience, one that I don't think you could experience again because of the circumstances. But it's um, a wonderful ride, and we want to share that back with Canadians, and that's part of the tour. Uh, we've been talking to Pat Stapleton. Pat, uh, you know, just thinking about these things, and as and I were of that generation, it just, it, it, quite frankly, gives us goosebumps. Uh, and every now and then we, we go back, and we go on YouTube, and we listen to Foster Hewitt's call of Paul Henderson's, uh, Paul Henderson's goal in Game 8, and, it, and the memories are indelibly etched, as I said, in the collective memories of a generation. And it was an incredible series. Every single game had a different flow and a different rhythm, and uh, it really was the series of the century. And uh, I really look forward to being at the Sony Center on September uh, the wonderful. 10th. wonderful. We'd love to meet you, because that's what it's about. It's about meeting the people. Yeah. It really is. And experience what they experienced. Uh, they witnessed what we experienced. 
we've not been able to witness what you experienced. Yeah. So that's part of it. And, and thanks so much for the initiative and putting this together and allowing us, uh, I guess, in, in a certain way to say thank you. Um, Very nice. We, 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 we'd, we'd, we'd love to say thank you for, uh, for, for that incredible month. It really was. And to our listeners, it's www.72summitseriestour.ca. It's at the Sony Centre in Toronto uh, on September the 10th. Tickets can be found at Ticketmaster. Uh, if you want to relive some incredible memories with some incredible gentlemen, um, get your tickets. Pat? Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank Naz. But uh, try and dress him up next time with a new hat, will you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have to. You know what, Pat? Uh, we're going to have to get you back, and we'll get you back on another occasion. We want to talk a little bit about the Chicago Blackhawks. Certainly. You can wonderful. see my Leafs hat, eh, Pat? <laughs> Naz, go ahead. Thanks so much, okay. Pat. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Have Thanks so much. Day. Thanks. Uh, Naz, it's always, you know, we've... Uh, it's always a pleasure. To, always a play, you know. Certainly an articulate uh, sense of humor. Pat, he was a classy guy when he played. Yeah, he, I mean, he was really classy. was. Him and Bill, him, him and Bill and White. Bill White. Even with Chicago, I didn't like the Blackhawks, but yeah. I love those. Here, two guys. Here's an interesting Pat Stapleton tidbit. We're certainly going to get him back on the show. Do you know that Toronto Maple Leaf owned his rights? Like for I think it was. I, it's too bad he's not on the air anymore. I, I should have taken the opportunity in 1965. They owned his rights, I think, for a week. He was in between Boston and Toronto. He was being shuffled between teams. He hadn't become a star yet. And he was actually, Toronto owned his rights, I think, for a day or a week or a month or whatever. And then they, uh, I think they peddled him to Chicago or something. So an interesting tidbit, Pat Stapleton was actually Toronto Maple Leaf property for yeah. a very, very short period of time. Didn't we all love him and Bill White <laughs> together, though? <laughs> they were an incredible defense pair, uh, clean Classy, skilled, an articulate gentleman, but it, it's like when we talk to players of that generation, it's certainly what an incredible pleasure for us. I, I got to tell the listeners, like talking to Pat Stapleton, you talk to Yvonne Cornway, uh, Paul Henderson, Marcel Dion, uh, Daryl Sittler, you know, like some of the guys that we've talked to, it's certainly these guys, I guess the, the, word, the word in the English language for these guys is class and gracious. Dave Keon, of course, my personal favorite. We, Absolutely. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure people have seen Dave Keon's statue as being prepared. It was in the paper the other week. So the Legends Rogue ceremony for Dave Keon will be coming up shortly in October. Anyways, we could talk about this forever, Naz, but we do have to go to the break. And we'll be right back after the break with Eddie Andelman. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party Pizza Special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all? In just 24 hours, 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus six Pepsi for 24. Can you finish it? Go to pizzaville.ca for details. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. 
Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, and we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the godfather of sports radio. That is, of course, the iconic one, Eddie Andelman. Eddie, of course, I've got to give you a little bit of an intro here. You, uh, you popularized sports talk radio in Boston in the 1970s. It was called the Sports Huddle. It is the greatest sports talk radio show of all time. Eddie Andelman. Thanks so much for coming back, and uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Eddie. Well, thanks very much for the well-deserved uh, uh, welcoming. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it certainly is well-deserved, and, uh, of course, I'm Wally, and Naz is, of course, with me in studio this morning. Uh, sorry we kept you waiting, uh, Eddie. We were actually talking to a legend uh, hockey player, Pat Stapleton. There's uh, Everybody's talking hockey again in, in Canada, and we're talking about the infamous 1972 hockey series between Canada and the Russians, that never goes away in Canada. I know it wasn't a big thing down in the States, but in Canada it comes up all the time. But talking about hockey, uh, Eddie, I, I've got to ask you, you tweeted last week, and I'm, I'm a little bit worried about you, Eddie. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're friends, but I'm a little bit worried about you. You're calling the Leafs to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. Am I reading that correct? That is absolutely right. There's not even a question in my mind. And and how do you come to that conclusion? Because in Toronto, we're a little bit flabbergasted by that, Eddie. But I'll, I'll give you I'll give you your piece. Tell us uh, tell us why well, you think the Leafs are going to be in the finals next year. I'll tell you why. Because there is a sports god. You realize, and uh, his flock has been uh, paying unbelievably high prices and been loyal to the Maple Leafs for so many years. They've been such a pathetic team, and. Um, I mean, I, I go back to Turk Broda. That's when the last time I think they were a decent team. So I think they're going to be rewarded, as I think this is the year of Toronto. Uh, I think uh, Toronto uh, is, could very well win the World Series. They're certainly going to win the East. They have devastating hitting. And uh, the Red Sox have good hitting, but not as much power as Toronto. And so I think what happens is when one team wins, 
as somehow or other the other teams seem to do very well the same year. It sparks everybody up. So I think they're due, uh, and I think the fans will get a final reward. That's not to say that they'll go another 50 years without winning, <laughs> but I do think they will get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And, you know, speaking of hockey, um, I was in Las Vegas uh, when the first uh, Russian uh, hockey series happened, and I knew my history. They were skating uh, on the Volga River, the Russians, 2,000 years before Canada was discovered. And I have to tell you, you know, you're not going to believe this, but you know, if when you bet you got eight goals and the Russians, that's how devastated it was supposed to be. And when they say what a great job uh, Canada and everybody did, it was, it was because um, they were facing a great team. Well, the, you know, the Russians were great hockey players. No, no question about it, that, Eddie. But I want, I want to go back to what we really want to uh, explore in depth is this Toronto Blue Jay-Boston Red Sox rivalry. Uh, certainly, the the Red Sox uh, up here. Uh, you know, you took you you took our manager. You know, you, you took our ace. Uh, how's that working out, by the way, uh, David well, first, Price? First, I'd like to give you your manager back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. But uh, tell us about David Price and your two hundred and seventeen million dollar investment. How's how's that working out, Eddie? Well, it's been okay uh, if he was getting like a third of that money, but. $217 million. We're, of course, talking about David Price. Yeah, yeah, he has not, he has not uh, been overpowering. And as it turned out, uh, Toronto was much better off without him because, you know, he was great for a while, but I think he's lost. He can't throw that many fastballs anymore. And he's throwing a lot of meatballs. So it's not the same David Price, but we're stuck with him for many years. And... Uh, I think that Toronto, I mean, has as good a hitting as the uh, I've ever seen on a team from one through nine, and but it's power too, and they can they can win uh, the East. I think Baltimore is spitting up the bit now. Uh, the Red Sox don't have enough pitching to last, and I think Toronto, with hitting, uh, as they get into the playoffs, uh, will emerge. Uh, as I said, it's going to be the year of Toronto. Eddie, let's get back to John Farrell a bit. Uh, been, there was rumors around here that uh, he's going to be let go a couple of times. How is it? How's the feelings down in Boston about him? Well, he's not a particularly good manager. You know, he's what they say in one word: good baseball man. Uh, you know, that's what they say about all these guys that have been around for a while. But he, he technically, he's really not a very good manager. He's very predictable, and. Um, I, I would say that uh, the Red Sox have overachieved up to this point. I mean, you're starting to see, you know, players like Bradley. I wanted to trade Bradley when he was hitting 340. You know, he, he just is not a steady hitter. A great defensive center fielder, but you're not going to win that many games unless you have, uh, you know, outfielders that can hit. But Toronto should win this. I'd be surprised if they don't. What's the what was the reaction at the trade deadline? Boston really not making uh, the move they should should have been bolstering their starting pitching. What did you think? Yeah, well, you know, I can't I can't explain what the Red Sox do. See, it's different in Toronto. Well, I mean, no, there is a similarity. 
the Maple Leafs and the Red Sox uh, historically have been uh, very much the same kind of a team. Good or bad, the people flock to the games and support the team. There aren't many teams in sports that do that. Right now, currently, I can only think of the Knickerbockers um, in basketball uh, who go to every game, and, and no matter how pathetic their team is. And the same goes for Toronto. Same goes for the Red Sox now. You know, no matter how bad they were, when they finished last, they still have the highest ticket prices in baseball, and they still sell out most games. I can't explain it other than to say uh, I wish sports fans had the same loyalty um, to their country and to their families that they have to their sports teams. I found the rivalry. I was down at Fenway Park the last time the Jays were in, in Boston and watched two, two games on the weekend. I found the rivalry increasing between Toronto and Boston. Is that true, Eddie? No. It's not true. No, we still consider uh, Toronto a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we I were friends, Eddie. I thought we, we, I thought we had progressed to the level of friendship. We actually shared a hamburger down in West Palm. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know something? You did pick the cheapest place in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We can. I got to get down there a little bit more he often. Gave, he, what did he buy you? The three dollar hamburger? Eddie? No, it was five ninety nine. American, by the way. <laughs> You know, our our dollar doesn't go as far down there, Eddie. Give, give cut me some slack. Anyways, uh, well, I know. Listen, I, I know. I know. Toronto, Boston doesn't have the flavor of New York, New York Boston. Boston. I get that. And you guys in Boston must be ecstatic about uh, what's going on in New York baseball circles this year. Yeah, except that they've been. I I was praying uh, that they both teams would finish under five hundred, uh, but unfortunately, they've been winning the last week or two. But, uh, no, the real rivalry here is um, now it's changed. It's now the Patriots versus anybody they play. <laughs> that's so true. Uh, that's, that's an interesting take on that one. And, Eddie, we, before we get away from baseball, I have to ask. Uh, uh, of course, we're talking Eddie Andelman, the, uh, the infamous godfather of sports radio. Eddie, who's the MVP in the American League this year? Well, I think a lot of that's going to depend on who wins. Uh, at the moment, I would have to say it should be Mookie Betts. His numbers are staggering, considering uh, he spent most of the season as a leadoff hitter. I think he hit his 30th home run last night. He's a wonderful uh, base runner. He's a 5 tool player. I mean, how many 5 tool players are left in baseball? You know, and I would have to say that his Red Sox success this year has a lot to do with Mookie Betts. He's very good in the clutch, too. Uh, we're lucky to have him. In fact, the Red Sox have some really good young players, but they never really have understood that pitching is at least 50% of the game. Some people think it's 70%. Uh, I happen to think it's about 60%. But the game is changing. You know, Everybody's going for home runs now. You know, so we have a lot of strikeouts, and so pitching has become even more important. Eddie, I noticed, uh, I've noticed in the past month a lot of guys getting tossed by the home plate umpires. And I didn't see that a lot in the past, but it's really been evident, especially last night, four, four Tigers got tossed out questioning the strikeout, strike zone. Have you found that? No. No, I really haven't. Uh... You know, the as when I when I when I look at the games now, 
I I see once an umpire has has a bad call, and it's an obvious bad call because they show these charts now up on the screen. He'll make that lousy call the rest of the game, and so the players should really adjust to that. And as far as arguing with umpires go, I mean it's silly. I mean you can argue with an umpire till the cows come home, and and the umpire uh, over a call strike or a ball. But what good does it do? He's not going to change it. He's not going to say, hey, I'm, gee, I'm sorry, fellas, I was wrong. I'm going to, instead of a strike, I'm going to call that a ball. You know, it, it, it's almost ridiculous. But I do like the replay now. I didn't at first. But now I have seen enough reverses to make it worthwhile. Eddie, I want to, uh, when we come back to baseball, I want to take you uh, to uh, hockey, which uh, you uh, have mixed yeah. opinions about, but I, I think you came up with a brilliant idea, and I hope you've trademarked it, uh, which is the new franchise. It's the new name for the new Las Vegas franchise. I think sure. you're, 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 you're suggesting it be called the Jackpots, and I think well, that's just... That's, 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 that's just an that absolutely brilliant, brilliant name, the Las Vegas. I mean, we're out of animals. <laughs> <laughs> the true. Las Vegas. Ja- I, I hope you've registered I, I heard, that name, I Eddie. Heard, You're going to make yourself. It's going to be the Desert Knight. That's what I heard. <laughs> but the Las Vegas jackpots. Tell how'd you come up with that one, Eddie? I don't know. It just uh, it just seemed to me so obvious. When you think of Las Vegas, what do you think of? You know, and so that I mean, you couldn't call them the Las Vegas hookers. <laughs> no, I don't think that would go over, uh, get past the uh, the naming committee. Certainly not. I don't think Bettman would approve that. No, I don't think Bettman in his. I, don't, I got a feeling he's not. He wouldn't approve the jackpots. But I got to give you credit, Eddie. Uh, that's the first place I saw anyone suggesting that name. I think it's absolutely perfect. But on a, on a serious note, what do you think about hockey in in uh, in Vegas? Well, I think there'll be a lot of empty seats, although they'll sell out the games. I mean, what the casinos are going to do is they're going to buy blocks of tickets, you know, to give to their customers. But nobody will want to go. They've tried. The only thing that was ever successful in Las Vegas, uh, actually two things. The rodeo is big time in Las Vegas. Don't ask me why. But it's, it's probably the biggest week that they have. And the other thing was when they had the running rebels from UNLV, um, that was huge. But they've tried racetracks. They've tried a million things, and nothing seems to work because you can have action every 15 seconds at a casino. And, and for example, the Las Vegas Stars, the uh, AAA baseball team, you know, they get a couple of thousand people. It's, it's good. It's a beautiful stadium. It's priced right. But people want action immediately, and, that, and that's why I don't think it will be successful. But from a financial viewpoint, it will be very successful. There's been some rumblings that the NFL may be going into Vegas. What do you think of that one? I think, um, well, you know, years ago, uh, the NFL uh, was offered by Roselle a consortium of investors who were going to build a 120,000-seat stadium and actually deed it to the uh, NFL. So the Super Bowl would be in Vegas every year. And uh, they turned it down. The NFL turned it down because they didn't want an association with gambling. And if you recall that uh, it was against the rules for a lottery to advertise on NFL broadcasts. Uh, But things are changing now that uh, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is encouraging legalized gambling. 
and he wants his league to participate in it. You know, the, the fact is that if they legalize sports gambling in the country, do you realize the franchise would automatically 10 to 20 times its value? <laughs> because wow. uh, that is the national pastime now. Betting is, I mean, half the population is addicted. They must bet. They can't watch a sporting event unless they have a bet on it. And so that's coming. There's no question. It's a source of revenue for these stupid politicians. And it's the largest source of revenue they could conceive of. So it's going to happen. And we're talking to Eddie Andelman, of course. Eddie, the infamous, iconic host of the sports huddle in Boston for years and years. And, of course, uh, the godfather of sports radio. We only got you for a couple of more minutes, Eddie. Really, really you know quick. Owe, you know, do you know what I owe my success, though? Please tell us. Uh, I never talk hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you would have died. You would have died in Toronto, Eddie. You yeah, never yeah, would have made it. Wally had me in stitches. He mentioned Baron Mikel Cicluna to me, and well, I was you know, I dropped. You would have you would have been a dud in Toronto, Eddie. Lucky lucky you had your show in Boston. But it, it's the same thing all the time when people call and talk about hockey. Um, what do they say? They got to skate. They got to hit. Goaltending is the name of the game. They call after call after call says the exact same thing. And to me, it's not even a good game. Oh, come on. I mean, half the pack's going off somebody's ass. Oh, next time, next time I get you down in Florida, I'm going to have to you keep, keep your head up, Eddie, because my elbows are going to be up. <laughs> Anyways, I've got I to ask you really quickly. Let's get away from hockey. Let's, get away, let's go to something that's really successful in the Boston area. In, in a minute or less, tell us about the upcoming prospects for the Patriots this year. Well, I don't know. One of these years, they're going to collapse. I don't know when it's going to be, but in the next few years. They've been under the salary cap now to the tune of 8 or $10 million every year, and that catches up to you. I think the real success of the Patriots is they have the best quarterback who ever lived, and I think that's the reason. I don't think Belichick's a genius. In fact, I think he's kind of a nasty guy. But uh, I would say the Seahawks this year will win it easy. They're by far the best team. Anyways, we'll, we'll let you go on that one, Eddie. It's always a pleasure, Eddie. Thanks so much for making time with us. Well, uh, continued success for you guys. I enjoy being on with you. It's, it's always a pleasure, and we really want to thank you. We're hoping, we're hoping we can call you back at a point in time when some of our local franchises actually have a, fran- actually have a championship banner. Which you've well, predicted. You call me when they make the finals. <laughs> we will. We certainly. You'll be our first phone call. Eddie, thanks so much, my friend. Okay, take care. Have a nice day. Thanks so much, Eddie Andelman, of course, the Godfather of sports radio. He's pretty high Ve- on Toronto. Interesting about Vegas. He thinks they are, they are going to have an NFL team. Well, the, the Ducks seem to be lining up. Um, you know, when when he's when, you know uh, the whole concept of 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 you know. Being able to go after some of that uh, gambling revenue in a way that doesn't impact in any way, shape, or form the integrity of the sport—he's um, absolutely right. You, you can take you can take the value of the income streams and capitalize them, and take the value of these franchises to a totally different level. And I hear it's the Raiders that have uh, the Raiders. Uh, are, are something good. happened with the Raiders in Vegas this week. Yeah, I didn't so, catch yeah, the whole story. Yeah. Uh, but certainly the, you know, uh, you know, Bettman, uh, you know, we can criticize him when we criticize him every now and then from, uh, on the show, but, uh, he's no, uh, 
he's no slouch. Uh, That's for sure. Uh, you know, going into Vegas is, uh, um, at first blush, why would the NHL want to do this? Uh, is it just to, you know, they can split $500 million amongst 30 other teams? Well, that's $25 million uh, for each team. I, I don't think that's the reason. They actually see, they, in my estimation, Bettman is a very bright man, and, and the people around him are fairly bright. Um, they, they see a lot of potential there from an economic point of view. I and, think, they, and they must have, you got to think that they've researched it to death. I think they're, they're staying ahead of the curve on this because I think he knows that the NFL is going in there eventually too. So why not be the first, the first guys, guys in? Exactly. Yeah, and if that's the case... I gotta say it's 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 it might be might be a pretty brilliant move. The jackpots, what a great name! I think it's I think it's the perfect name. It, I'm pretty sure it would never get past the naming committee of the of the NHL. I mean, they'd pro- probably prohibit it just because of the association with gambling. But I think the Las Vegas jackpots. <laughs> I, I get, what, what could I, be a more perfect? How name? many sweaters would that sell? <laughs> got two minutes left, Naz. I gotta get you, I gotta get your assessment on. Uh, on a couple of moves, we got the World Cup of Hockey, and I know you talked about it with Michael Trakos and Lou last week, and uh, some spirited discussions. But a couple of things have happened. We've lost two of our best players on the uh, on the Canada team, uh, Jamie Ben and Duncan Keith. Certainly, uh, two quality quality players. Uh, but the depth of of Canadian hockey now is pretty astounding. Uh, the two guys filling in, Logan Couture. And Jay Bowmeister, give me your assessment. Uh, Jay Bowmeister was at the last Olympics. He played with Petrangelo. They were very familiar with each other. I'm sure that's going to happen again. Couture, Jamie Benn, there is one's a better defensive player, one's a better offensive player, but they, they both fit Babcock's system for sure. And uh, a couple of guys that they could have gone to. Um, and um, Taylor, um, Hall? Taylor Hall, I, I, I mean, I, I think, kid. I think that move. Taylor Hall's more skilled than Couture, but I think this is a Babcock move. Uh, I think Babcock has a has a role. This is a role addition. And he's got a certain role for Logan Couture that he's got a different type of game that Taylor Hall does, and they needed they needed a different element to, to what Taylor Hall brings. Uh, I love Taylor Hall. I think he's an exceptional hockey player. I thought he should have been on the on the Sochi team. I thought he should have been on this team. Logan Couture is a great player. Bo Meester is the one that can be more critical about. Uh, the alternatives there would have been Latang, Subban, Giordano. Why Bo Meester? Yeah, because he fits Babcock's system with Petrangelo, and he's uh, a very good defensive defenseman and a good skater out of his own end. He doesn't make as many... He's not a high-risk player. The other guys you're talking about are all high-risk players. But getting back to to the the point of Taylor Hall, that kid is going to have a phenomenal season. They interviewed him on TSN the other day, and he is pissed. He's pissed at the Oilers. He's pissed at everything. That kid is going to have a great season in New Jersey. I certainly hope so. Anyways, it's been another fantastic week for the NASA Only Sports Hour. It was a pleasure being back, pleasure being in studio again. Thanks so much, Naz. And uh, to our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air. 
and The Garden Show.